Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adeomi. I'm going through the book of Matthew. We are now in chapter 19. And in this chapter 19, the Lord Jesus Christ talks about marriages and divorce. This is very essential in this our generation. Let's go through it and I will comment as the Lord lives. Chapter 19 of Matthew, verse 1. And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these sins, he departed from Galilee and came into the coasts of Judea beyond Jordan. And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Now, that's the question that the Pharisees were asking in that generation. What do you mean by for every cause? That is, no, no fault kind of a divorce that they were doing in America. No fault defense. In America, maybe they still have it in their law. They have what they call no fault divorce. You know, if you, you, a fellow that's an unbeliever's wall, of course. They can just go to court and say, well, I just don't like to be in this marriage anymore and they separate. What's the reason? No reason. That's when no fault divorce. They have it in their, in their paper, in their, in their law right now in many parts of America. But that's what the type of question these people are saying. Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cost? I mean, whatever it is. He didn't cook for me. He didn't do that. I just don't like her anymore. Or she's just more as beautiful as I like. That is what they call no, no cost. For every cost. All these people are saying for no, 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 no fault. No, no fault of, no fault divorce. And it's just when you don't like it anymore, you don't want to be married anymore, just divorce. That is in the world, but not in the body of Christ. Let's see what Christ, what Christ told them. Verse 4, and Jesus answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Therefore, wherefore they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man put asunder. Now that's a strong word. God joined them together, let not man put asunder. Well, they are going to ask for a question concerning this. They said unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? I mean, Moses told her that, well, if you don't like this woman anymore, that's what Moses wrote in his book of Deuteronomy chapter 24. He was trying to set up a government for them, how to control their society. If you, you man say, I don't like this woman anymore, just write a paper and let her go. Somebody else can marry her. That's what Moses wrote for them, yeah. Almost like no fault divorce, no sir. So they were saying, why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? And the Lord Jesus Christ said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, 
it was not so. From the beginning, before, from generation, from the beginning of Adam, when God created man, it was not so. Male and female created them. Now Christ is going to tell them what everyone wants. Like I said, when Christ was preaching, he said, wow, he spoke with authority. I mean, he said, I say unto you. That means, everyone wants this this way. Moses may tell you this, but this is what everyone really wants. It must be from heaven also. Yeah, it's from heaven. But I say, verse 9, and I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another committed adultery. Now, remember, most of the time, the, the law of Moses seems to be talking only to the men, put away your wife. And as if it is the, it is the woman alone that is at fault. But Christ is now saying, if you put away your wife, except it be for fornication, and you marry another, you say, and you have to remember, and marry another, you say you commit adultery. In the other place, he commits against adultery against, against her. But continuation, he says, And whosoever, and whoso marrieth her which is put away, doth commit adultery. Now, in the other place where I was talking about this, I said, The Lord is having it. It's very important that, because in the generation of even Moses of the days of, 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 the, of the first church, they were having two, three wives, not so. And the Lord was always addressing that the woman. And that was what Moses actually wrote in, 20, in that Deuteronomy chapter 24, that if the woman, you give her, even if you give her a, give, a written of divorce, and you went, you say if that woman went and married somebody else, and that also, that other new person also put that woman away, that this former husband should not take her back. Because he said that is abomination before God. So then we, from those two, comparing those two pictures, it looks like it is, the man putting his pipe into this woman, another man putting his pipe into this woman that become an abomination. Then if you now bring the woman back and put your pipe into it again, then you also commit adultery. That's what Christ said. If you marry her that has already been given the pipe when he was, he was married to that fellow, he, he, that man is putting his pipe into her body, then you marry her, you are putting the second pipe into her body now, then now that you are committing adultery because you married somebody that has been divorced. Now, he didn't mention the man, the first man, but if the first man take her back because this other man put her, you take her back, now you become also committing adultery. So it looks like it's only the whole that is, you know, be, you know, be, you know, be penetrated by two, three, four, five, that would be abomination in the eyes of God. So that, that looks like what this one is saying, the whole, the woman's body, when you put two, three people, two, three people, that become abomination before the Lord go. Anyone that is doing that become the second person also committed adultery. If the if he's the man's wife and then somebody else put his pipe in the hole, you are not put your body, now you also committed adultery. So all of those things is what this Bible is talking about. And the Christ said it's only because of fornication that they are allowed to put a woman away. Fornication means the woman has gone aside when married to this man and committed adultery to with somebody secretly. That is called fornication. So when that man knows it, before he goes to this wife again, he heard about it, he should put the woman away. That is what he said, except it be for fornication. Because that is where it becomes abomination before God, that two different people are putting their pipe in the hole of this woman. I'm using hole. 
You understand what you are talking about? That will be for abomination before God. But for any other cause where he didn't do this, he, he was uh, stubborn, he was this or that, no, no, no justification for divorce. That's what the logical says. He says, except it be for fornication. And shall marry another if he demand committed adultery by marrying another person. Verse, verse 10. His disciples said unto him, If the case of the man be so with his wife, it is not good to marry. Now, the apostles that were listening to this that Jesus Christ was telling the Pharisees, they are also looking at, wow, this is the situation with marriage. They think it's not worth marriage. That's why they were saying it's not worth it. Because they, some of them that are married know that there is a lot of trouble sometimes that they almost want to kick the woman out. Not because of fornication. Didn't, she didn't respect me. She didn't do all those things that is plaguing the human race. It's not just unbelievers, even among believers. It's plaguing the human race. She didn't respect the other. And the Bible says the man wants to respect. The woman think and all of those things is what make them to fight and quarrel and so on and so forth. And the devil we amplify that also. Make them Go into all those disrespect and so on and so forth. So that's why they say, if it is, the, if the case be so between a, with his wife, it is not good to marry. At least they have just realized that well, it's not worth it. The disrespect, the quarreling, the fighting look like uh, the opposite thought. It's not worth marrying. Verse eleven. But Christ didn't agree with them completely. He said, this is not for every man. You just say they won't marry because if everybody is to be celibate, then the war will stop. Not so. Let's say the old world just say we are going to be celibate. The old world. And no more marriage, no more sex, no more fornication, nothing. Then, and they still keep dying, then they will die, the old marriage will just die off, nothing. But that's not what God planned, nothing. So that's why he said it's not for everybody. All men cannot receive this saying that it's not good to marry. Save they to whom it is given. Verse 12. For there are some eunuchs, that is those eunuchs are people that are either medically they couldn't have, they couldn't have mating with any woman. That's called a eunuchs because they couldn't mate. And that's called eunuchs. Most of them are either through medical surgery. Some are doing it purposely, some are doing it by mistake or some are by, by surgery, by disease. Or, so, or some are born like Christ described three types of them. For there are some eunuchs which were so born from their mother's womb, that is, some people could be born like that. That is, they are completely castrated. They couldn't. Their body is completely. Their private part was completely dead by the time they were even born. There are some, but there are very few in the world. We don't know many people like that that were born as eunuchs when they were born. See, from their mother's womb, they could be born like that. And there are some eunuchs which were made eunuchs of men, where there are many that were made, like Daniel the prophet and some of the people who are brought from from. Jerusalem to Babylon, they were made Enoch's. Compare them to be Enoch's. They, 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 they did the castration of their private part so that they would be serving the king's palace and the king would not be afraid that they may, they may go into the king's wife. Why? Because they are already Enoch's. So that's why they make them Enoch's. Then they can serve the king's wives because they are not able to mate. So that is why they were made eunuchs in the, in the days of kings. They are doing it in the days of all so many kings in, in the world. In the days of Babylon, they were doing it. That's why they called the, the, the master of eunuchs to bring some of those men from, from Judah and make them eunuchs and they can serve the king. 
Daniel was one of them. He was, he was supposed to be an Enoch made by men. And verse 12 continues, And there be Enoch which have made themselves Enoch for the kingdom of heaven's sake. Now, that is the type of Enoch that people can voluntarily say they are going to keep themselves celibate for the kingdom of God. Now, we know that there are some monks that are trying to do that in our generation where they have the monasteries, those who claim they are going to be monks and nuns. But we also heard about so many fraud that was going on among them. Some of those monks are doing illicit things like homosexuality. Well, they are not, they are not uh, inoxidant. Some of them are even sleeping with uh, the nuns. It was reported in many religions where the nuns are impregnated by their monks and then they secretly went and aborted it. It's happening. These are things that have been reported in the world. So those are not, we are saying that those are not people that are making themselves inoxidant for the kingdom of heaven's sake. But like Christ Jesus, that's what he's talking about. They make themselves inoxidant for the kingdom of heaven's sake. And we don't know many other people, maybe Elijah was never married, we don't know. There was no report of his, of his family. Neither do we know about Elisha's family, but they may have married. The story does not follow the wives. So, with some people made themselves unions for the kingdom of heaven's sake. That means they didn't even marry, and neither did they procreate to have children. Or they purposely want to live. For the kingdom of heaven's sake. Christ said there are some that can that can do that say, but those who can receive it, let them receive it. He that is able to receive it, let him receive it. So that is anyone that is able to do that, let him do it. But you see, if God is looking for only Enoch's or celibates, so being the first fruits, God can get one for four thousand if he wants to. But from the scriptures, he made us to see that a great great grandfather, a predecessor Enoch. That walk with God. Bible say he had he had he had his children before he even started walking with God. He say he, he he was he after sixty five when he was sixty five years he gave birth to Methuselah, and then have sons and daughters, and then he walked with God for three hundred years. So God is not looking for only celibates, or only celibates will be in the first fruits. According to what is close to you, if God took Enoch away, he was able to please God, even though he was. Married with and has children, is able to live and please God. So every one of us that are married and have children can also please God if we will walk with Him, like Enoch of old. That's what we can say about that. That is, it's not God is not looking for only Enoch to be in the kingdom. Because when we look at the book of Revelation chapter fourteen, where it talks about the first fruits, and the Bible said, "These are they that have not been defiled with women." We want to say, was the Lord talking about this first We have to be celibates, or they are just not defiled with women spiritually, like we say churches that are committing fornication are defiling themselves with, with a false, with a false worship. Or God is looking for celibates. So we have to say, well, if God selected Enoch and he was accepted and he was not a celibate, then God will accept we that are following him and watched by the blood of Jesus Christ. And though we are not celibates, we are married, we have children. Of course, there will be some celibates too. But the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is going to marry this church, the body of Christ. So that is his own marriage. So we thank God for that. So let's continue to read this chapter. Verse 13. 
Then while they are brought unto him little children, that he should put his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them. Wonder why do they rebuke them? I think it's because they just talk about marriage. Some in some in some in the earlier verses. It was they said then while the while they are brought it was about the about the same time the women came. So sometimes we, we have to be careful how we handle situations what we what we hear. The apostles are just saying it's not worth marriage. If this is the situation between husband and wife, it's not worth marrying. And Christ said, Yeah, if you can receive it, receive it. But not everybody can receive that. And then it comes the women, as if the women is their problem. Also, bringing the little children, oh, get it out of here, get it. That's what I thought was going on. And they said, Wait a minute, don't take this thing wrongly. Your problem is not the women, as if the women are the problem. No. Your problem is not the kids, as if we, if it's not for the children, I don't think I need a woman. That's what many people think. If it's not for these kids, I don't think they Now they are bringing the kids for you. Don't just get the kids out of here. No. Some people are like that in the world. They don't want to have responsibilities to think uh, the children is a problem. So they say, no, I don't want children in this neighborhood. No, the children are not, the, are not your problem. That is the woman. woman. It's every problem, every person's problem is in you. Every person's problem is in you. The problem of pride is in you, both in male and female. The problem of, uh, uh, of uh, sin is in you, both in male and female. The problem of not uh, disrespect that people think is the reason why they want to separate from the wife. The problem is in you, both in male and in female. The problem is not just all the women or all the children. No, the problem is both in the man and in the woman. The problem of pride, the problem of not being able to be, not to be, to be, to be gentle, it's all in every human flesh. It's called sin. And that's why we need the Messiah to help us, to clear us from all those iniquities. So the apostle quickly said, get the women, get the children out of here. And the Lord said, no, let suffer little children and forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hand on them and departed thence. Verse 16. And behold, one came and said unto him, good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And said unto him, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter life, enter into life, keep the commandments. And he said unto him, which? Which commandments? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man said unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? So the young man was trying to justify himself. Well, I've been keeping all of those. The Lord of Moses said, Well, perfect. And Jesus Christ looked at him and said, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that say, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now, the Lord actually diagnosed the problem of the young man completely and said, right? the man is following all those laws but he has a lot of prophetic possession. And the Lord said, if you want to really be perfect, get rid of all those things you have, give them to the poor and then come and follow me. I mean, so you are guaranteed of eternal life, you are guaranteed of being in the kingdom of God if you follow you Jesus Christ. But when you are still on your own, you are not guaranteed. All your good works does not guarantee you ever. 
or everything you are doing good does not guarantee you ever. But when you are following Christ, then you are guaranteed of heaven. Christ said, well, come and sell all those things that you are thinking you amass. Give them to the poor so that nothing is pulling you back. Then come and follow me. The man was sad. Verse 20, then said Jesus to the disciples, I have very nice said unto you, that the rich man has, shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And that surprises the disciples. When the disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? Now, this is where it looks like they are bargaining because the Lord just gave a parable of a, a, man, a man that householder that has a vineyard and he went and bargained with laborers for a penny a day and send them into his field to go and take care of the vineyard. That's the bargaining. But the next time he went, he didn't bargain with the next, the next, the next, the next, the 11th hour. He didn't bargain, he just said, Go, I'll give whatever I can afford. And then when he started paying, they pay everybody with penny. Everyone, even the one that came at the eleventh hour, I said, give them a penny also. But these people that have been there from the beginning said, well, you made us equal to these people that just spent one hour. We have been here all day. They thought they would get more. They said, well, we only agreed for one penny. They did not see it. So that, this is like the bargaining table right now between Peter and the apostles that followed Jesus Christ. Because Peter said, what shall we? What shall we have there for? We have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have there for? And Jesus Christ now is giving them the, the, one, the one penny a day that he has bargained with them, so to speak. Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you that ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Now, you see, twelve tribes of Israel. That's just the Israelites. That's all. But say the world is bigger than 12 tribes of Israel. So when God is ruling, Jesus Christ is ruling the whole world, He's going to be appointing people from the Gentile believers to rule their parts of the world also. But the 12 apostles are ruling the 12 tribes of Israel. So it's like they become almost like equal also. But the Gentiles are coming later because this is just the beginning. The Gentiles are being pulled in from different parts of the world up to the end of the world. And that is what that parable was talking about when it said, they would say, well, well you make this week cost to us. We have been here all day. We got our head cut off, persecuted when they started, you know, the Roman Empire persecuted them heavily. But that was part of the bargain. But Christ said, verse 29, And everyone that has forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. That's the bargain. You shall receive hundredfold and inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Now that last verse, I said, many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. It's a question that many people wonder, what does that really mean? Many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Well, you can look at, when he was talking about, now, even Judas Iscariot was still one of them. Which perhaps Jesus is going to his own, if we are him, we can't even call him last, he was being thrown away. Also. Or he threw himself away. 
But this is the end of the chapter 19, and we'll continue this in the next chapter. God bless you. Amen.